Wide receivers have been breaking out as rookies of late, but I see two new alpha number one wide receivers who are not first-year players, but rather second- and third-year players. And because of that, we're breaking down the breakout players across the NFL this season. This is Renner Ranks, the ultimate NFL ranking show. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Renner Ranks, your go-to daily rankings podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And a special shout out to the everydayers for making Renner Ranks your first listen every day. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow wherever you're watching this, listening to this. It's free. I'm your host, Mike Renner, obviously NFL draft analyst for The Messenger. Follow me at Mike Renner underscore on social media. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account. And use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. As I said off top, we are doing the breakout players across the NFL. Top 10 breakout players. There's a number of guys that couldn't sneak in. I may reference them at times when we're talking about maybe someone else at their position. But limited it to 10. So let's get right into it. At number 10, Odafe Owe, former first-rounder. For the Baltimore Ravens way back 2021, I believe that was. Back in the first round, coming out of Penn State, he has looked like a different player so far this season. Only 139 snaps. He was injured for a good portion here of the middle of the start to this season. But man, the power that he is playing with in his hands. He's 257 pounds, six foot five. Still like almost looks like a wide receiver because this man's got no body fat on him. They're off the edge. And because of that, he's really slippery. Really sheds blocks well, better than any year I've seen in his career. And man, he is making that leap as a pass rusher, adding more moves to his arsenal. If you'll recall back, everyone was losing their mind about him because he had like a sack. I think his final year at Penn State really was not productive from a box score standpoint. And he is still not a guy who makes a ton of like tackles, secures a ton of plays, secures a ton of sacks because he is get gets a little out of control, we'll say. But, man, he is disruptive. 16 pressures this year and only 102 pass rushing snaps. A big key to why this Ravens defense has been the best defense in the NFL, I believe, in points per game, DVOA, uh, pretty much any statistic right now they are dominating in. And so Adafi Owe, a big reason for that, his breakout. At number nine, we're going to the Dallas Cowboys, who have a couple guys on this list. But the first one I want to talk about is linebacker Marquise Bell. Second-year player out of Florida A&M was a safety coming out. Six foot three, 205 pounds, gets thrust into linebacker role this season as a kind of dimebacker early on, even though, again, was a safety coming out of college. And he has been nothing short of exceptional in that role, even still to such a degree where he's been starting the past couple of weeks for the Dallas Cowboys. He actually leads the entire Cowboys defense in stops, which is a PFF stat, meaning like, Less than 50% on first down, I believe. Or excuse me, less than 40% on first down, less than 50% on second down, less than 100% on third down or fourth down. He leads the Cowboys in that. Only has one missed tackle on 33 attempts. Watching this guy play between the tackles, it's really impressive to watch. He has great speed in terms of, you know, compared to other linebackers, he can cover a lot of ground. But then he plays really well on balance to where, yeah, he can get taken out by blocks by offensive linemen when you're only 205 pounds playing between the tackles. That's going to happen. But he's also very good at staying on his feet around blocks, getting back into plays, has very good instincts 
for the position, despite again, not having played it. So I'm not sure ultimately what his role becomes 205 pounds. It still is out of place at linebacker, right? There's still uh, not going to be probably a guy you're playing every down there, but I've been really impressed by what he can do in that role. And maybe just like a slot weak side linebacker kind of hybrid is his future. I don't know. We'll see, but very excited about what he brings to the table right now as a player for the Dallas Cowboys defense. All right. At number eight, we're going to the lone running back on this list. We're going Buffalo bills, running back, James cook. I've been floored by the difference between him as a rookie till now. Now he was effective as a rookie too, Bill. obviously just only uh, just over hundred carries last year was not the lead dog this year. Looks like a bell cow. I mean, he looks bigger. He looks more explosive. He looks comfortable between the tackles. He's running with power. And now it's never going to be necessarily his game, but he's damn near indistinguishable from Dalvin Cook circle like three to four years ago. They, they, they had the same running style. They've always had that. But I think just size wise, he's now kind of gotten to the point where it doesn't feel like he's too undersized for the position. Now, he's still listed at 190, which was the way he was coming out. He looks quite a bit bigger than 190, in my opinion. Averaging 4.8 yards per carry, 486 rushing yards already this season, 192 yards on 18 receptions as well. I actually am so high on him that in a dynasty league I'm in, I'm traded him for Devon. I had Devontae Smith. I traded for James Cook and a third round pick. That's how high I am on James Cook going forward. Uh, I, I think this guy's the real deal. Really, the only thing holding him back is that they don't want to run there in Buffalo, that they have such a good passing attack. But every time this guy touches the ball, you think something big could happen. I'm a big fan of James Cook's game. To me, he's pretty comfortably a top 10 back in the NFL right now. And just in terms of what he can do as a receiver too, um, he's he's one of the best dual threats at that position right now in the NFL. All right, on to number seven, where another linebacker, and I'm going with Blake Cashman, the Houston Texans linebacker. If you'll recall, Blake Cashman coming out of Minnesota, was a hyper-athletic linebacker, hyper-productive at Minnesota too. Ran a 4-5, had a 6-9-5-3 cone, 4-1-2 shuttle, movement skills off the charts. But he has one of the small swing spans you'll ever see, just a shade over six foot tall. Actually, at the combine, <laughs> I tweeted this after his combine, that the only linebacker with a smaller wingspan over the past three years was Shaquem Griffin. That got some pushback because... Shaquem Griffin, if you also recall, only has one hand. So that people didn't quite love that I tweeted that out, but it, it was a fact. Um, he is the only one smaller than Blake Kish has the only one with the wingspan smaller than Blake Cashman. And so teams love wingspan. Teams don't love guys at the linebacker position who won't shut down windows over the middle of the field. That's a fact. So he didn't get many looks when he was a fifth rounder with the New York Jets, although he played a good amount as a rookie, bounced around since then lands with Demeco Ryans and he's become the Dre Greenlaw of that defense. He's a weak side linebacker, run and hit. And he's fantastic in that regard. Like he chases down guys in space exceptionally well. There was a play I just tweeted out here earlier today where he just eats a crack block from Drake London. Um stays on his feet and makes playing Tyler Algier. Like the balance he plays with, the ability to get to ball carriers, he looks he looks like an impact player at weak side linebacker. And there's a couple other guys I'll give a shout out to. I think Patrick Queen's having the best year of his career, Ravens linebacker. Kenneth Murray finally looks playable 
in Los Angeles, the Chargers for him, first round linebacker. Those guys have taken steps forward, but Blake Cashman is balling out in Houston. Uh, they still, I would like, you know, I think they could still use their sort of, uh, you know, the middle linebacker in that defense, the Fred Warner, if you will, to Blake Cashman's Dre Greenlaw. But I think Cashman's a player, man. It's hard to fake what he's been doing on tape the past handful of weeks. So big fan of his game. All right, on to number six here. And we're going to Seattle where Boye Mafe, second-year edge rusher out, another Minnesota, another golden gopher here, has looked awesome in year two. And now he's second in ESPN's pass rushing win rate, which is like a proximity stat. It's it's based purely off of the dots, the all-22 GPS, not all-22, the GPS numbers that they get. So I don't, you know, having seen the results of it, I don't think it's super indicative of necessarily how good guys are. But just flipping on the tape, he's been he's been very good. He's not been second in the NFL sort of pass rush win rate good, but he has a number of moves at his disposal. He has extremely powerful hands for an edge. He's six foot one, two sixty one, and he's got like a side scissors and a rip to the edge that, like, when he gets his hand on the offensive lineman's hands, he's knocking them down or swatting them away. He's been fantastic in that regard, adding more to his bag each year from early on his career at Minnesota when he was pass rush only guy to his final year at Minnesota when he finally got an every down roll to his rookie year and now to year two, you just see the continual improvement for an athlete like he is, who's big edge rusher, flexible and explosive. I, I think there's there's more development to be had here. And now he's kind of old, going to be 25 years old later this year, but man, big fan of what I've seen from him. Only like caveat being that hasn't exactly faced a murderous row of offensive tackles. He's faced the Panthers, Giants, Bengals, Cardinals, Browns. So your opinion of those teams' offensive tackles are what they are. It's not great. He hasn't faced, you know, too many, too many guys in the way of like elite offensive tackles. But you got to beat the bad ones first. You got to beat the bad ones first before you beat the good ones. And he's beating the bad ones right now. Boy Amafi. Big fan of what he's done so far. All right, before we get to the top five here, let's go to eBay Motors. eBay Motors, our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Lockdown Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for your daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fantasy Picks of the Week. I'll go to this one. Bill's rookie tight end, Dalton Kincaid, has stepped into a big role with Dawson Knox getting hurt. He's gotten hot with Josh Allen the past two weeks, scoring for the first time in his career in week eight against the Buccaneers. Kincaid gets a smash spot in a shootout against the Bengals on Sunday night. Cincinnati has been better in coverage outside and versus wideouts than versus tight ends. Kincaid will once again come through for fantasy managers looking for a midseason pick-me-up at the position. I tend to agree. I do think there will be a shootout. And from what I see from Kincaid, the man's been – the man looks good, dude. He, he looks like he needs more of a role in that offense. and. Obviously, Dawson Knox being down, I think he's going to get it and did this past week. Vinny Iyer from Lockdown Fantasy is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride's always running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with guaranteed eBay, and with eBay guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. 
Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Back to the top five here where I have a wide receiver. I set off the top. I see two wide receiver ones in this draft. Or excuse me, not in this draft. Breaking out this year. Two, like, go-to possession type guys. And, and, like, we've seen a trend of whether it's Justin Jefferson, whether it's Jamar Chase, whether it's Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, that guys are hitting the NFL ready. They're breaking out darn near immediately. And almost like fans, if your guy doesn't, teams are giving up on these dudes. To me, Nico Collins is breaking that mold. He looks like a true go-to wide receiver one on the outside. The Houston Texans wide receiver who already has 33 catches, 577 yards, three touchdowns this season, has really been a security blanket for C.J. Stroud. And flipping on the tape, the 6'4", 215 wide receiver, his in-breakers and you know, digs, posts, bang eights, slants, tremendous at those. I mean, he is outstanding gaining separation, that foot in the ground, drive it off, hit that angle perfectly, create that separation, and then be big enough that even if you're coming downhill on him, even if you're coming, you're behind him, and he's going to reach out and get the ball before you can get to the ball. So he's a real weapon on those. To me, like, this is remember Cedric Tillman, the Tennessee Vols wide receiver who came out this past year, goes to Cleveland Browns. I think, like, that's what you want him to be in Cleveland, and that's why they traded DPJ is to get him more playing time because he can be that kind of wide receiver. Not going to be a pure go-ball guy. Nico Collins isn't a pure go-ball guy. They don't ask him to be. In that offense, it's in-breakers. You know, what they're running, the coming Bobby Slowick coming from the Shanahan tree, that's what you want guys to do who can be massive targets over the middle of the field, haul in everything, and boy, does Nico Collins haul in everything. He actually only has three drops his entire NFL career. Guy's got some of the best hands I've seen in the league, the way he attacks the football in traffic, outstanding. Nico Collins is a one. He is a wide receiver one right now. Get used to it. At number four, we have Browns safety, Grant Delpit. This one's been a long time coming. He was a, if you'll call, second rounder, 2020. Gets injured, misses his entire rookie season, comes back, very inconsistent, but the addition of Jim Schwartz at D.C., this year, I think, has saved his career. Not saved it, but really turned it around from what people thought he was to what he can be. Because in zone coverage, as a deep safety, he was just too inconsistent, right? Like, he just too many lapses when he just has to cover space. But what they're asking him to do now, where he's playing in the box, playing around the line of scrimmage, is really read routes more so than ever. But then also play man coverage. He has been shutting down tight ends left and right. I've talked about this a little bit when he shut down George Kittle a few weeks back. But my Lord, when they go man coverage, his guys are locked up. <laughs> and that's something that's unique for a safety. He's 6'3", 208. He has great size to take those guys on. To me, I mean, you almost want to sign this guy. Like this guy you know, he's going to be a free agent after the season. You could even put this guy at corner if you wanted to with how good he's been. 16 targets this season. Only 38 yards allowed on those 16 targets. He's He needs to still tackle better. He still misses too, a, a few too many, but he's definitely been more physical in that regard this year. He's definitely not as lax coming into contact and taking on more blocks, playing in the box more, to where 
you can live with some of the missed tackles when it comes, you know, behind the line of scrimmage, he's still blowing up plays. So Grant Delpit looks like he's on a path to get paid this offseason. All right, at number three, going back to Dallas. I said there was a couple guys from Dallas. Osa Digizua has been, and we talked about this with John Ledyard a couple weeks back. He called him one of the most underrated players in the NFL, but he's underrated because this year he's really taking his game to another level. He's probably in like the tier three of DTs right now. If you think about tier one, is probably Chris Jones, Aaron Donald, Dexter Lawrence. To me, that those are the three that are just on a different level. After that, though, you probably have guys like Jeffrey Simmons in that second tier. You have guys like probably Jalen Carter in that second tier already, who's just been outlandishly good. And then I'd put Osa Digizu with just a tick behind those guys. Pro Bowl level player so far this season, but not a guy that really you have to every single game account for. Quinn Williams, I think, would also be in that second tier. So he's just a touch behind that, but 21 pressures this year. Penetrating three-tech, but he can also play with leverage. And so he's a little undersized, but in short yard situations, he gets low, got that wrestling background, and he can get underneath guys. There's a play against the Jets earlier this season. It was like a third and one where he just gets right under Lake and Tomlinson, right at the point of attack, Double team stops in his tracks, finishes the play that for a guy who, again, has more of a three tech body, kind of traditional three tech skill set to also be able to play the run at the level he does is impressive. Uh, and, you know, a big value add for this Cowboys defense going forward. Uh, tr truthfully, the funny thing is, is that he's ironically like the perfect fit for Rod Marinelli's defense. If we think back to when he was the DC in Dallas and what they wanted in that penetrating three tech role. Like he's exactly what they hoped Tristan Hill would become uh, when they drafted him in the second round. So Digazua, maybe a little bit late to the, to the, to the game here with now Dan Quinn, but no, he's been perfect for Dan Quinn's defense here. He's really been a massive impact player there. Kind of trying to round out that talented Cowboys defensive front. All right. We'll get to the top two here in just a second, but first, Today's broadcast is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy wide way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. I know that I personally cannot stand when I go to buy tickets for a concert or a sporting event. And the price says it's going to be 80 bucks per ticket. I buy two tickets. I get to check out. Somehow it got up to 250 bucks total. I don't know how that usually works, but with the Game Time app, it shows you that right up front. It's the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat so you know exactly what you're getting before you arrive. And the all in prices total up front so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L O C K E D O N NFL for twenty dollars off your purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. The top two, we're almost there. At number two, I'm going. Bernard Raymond, Indianapolis Colts, left tackle. I took a lot of flack during draft time for how high I was on him. Number 18 overall prospect to had him on the board. 
I called him in a similar tier as a prospect of Charles Cross, Evan Neal, Icky Aquano, the guys who all went top 10 in that year's draft. He's been the best tackle from that draft class through two seasons now. Now, I want to give a shout out to Zach Tom, who's been exceptional for the Green Bay Packers as well. Luke Kadecki, second rounder last year for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, has looked awesome at right tackle, moving from guard to tackle where he played at college at Central Michigan. He's been fantastic as well. Tyler Smith, we all know he's been balling at left guard for the Dallas Cowboys. Those man's hands are absurdly strong. Looks like he's going to be an all-pro guard here sooner rather than later. Tyler Lindebaum, same thing about him at center for the Baltimore Ravens. Awesome, awesome class. Shout out to all those guys, but I didn't want to ramble on about offensive line play for you know five of the 10 guys. So I want to give them all their shout out. They've taken massive steps in year two. They all look like they're on a Pro Bowl to yeah, maybe a little bit below Pro Bowl trajectory, but they look like they're going to be starters for a long, long time. Raymond, though, he very well could be a Pro Bowler here soon because how easily he moves in pass protection combined with how well he started to use his hands and how consistent he's been, man, I, I know he took his lumps against the Cleveland Browns and Miles Garrett, which everyone does. And when he faces real strong edge rushers, he still will give background into the pocket, but you're seeing his play strength improve to a spot where that's not always the case. And also his hand usage consistently getting that low leverage, lifting guys up when he does feel the bull rush and then stopping them in their tracks. So, only 15 pressures on the season so far. And Shane Sykin, like they do a lot of five out stuff. They're not giving him help on the left side. They're putting them in the left in the whole that the entirety of that offensive line on islands. You know, same thing that they do in Philadelphia. They use, they like to get five out in the route. They like to have five wide receivers in the progression and have their offensive line pass protect. Now, easier said than done, but with way Bernard Raymond's playing, it's worked in Indy this year. So Definitely think he's been a one of the steals of that 2022 NFL draft, falling all the way to the third round. Colts should be happy as heck that he is their left tackle of the future. Finally, number one, I said it, two wide receivers that have joined the wide receiver one tier. George Pickens out in Pittsburgh is in that tier right now. I, I watch his tape and some of what he can do as a receiver, and I'm really in awe of kind of the suddenness mixed with the feel that he has and the body control release package. It's really all there. But, oh, my Lord, the route tree they have this guy running right now, it's it's embarrassing. And it's <laughs> – he. you'll watch – you'll flip on his tape. And if, you know, just watching route after route, he is running probably a dozen clear-out routes a game that – he knows, I know, quarterback knows, the entire defense knows he's not getting the ball. He's singled up on one side, just jogging down the football field. And he's really like, he's not one to give effort on plays where he's not getting targeted, which, you know, there's some of the, you know, Randy Moss was a, a similar boat, right? Like that's, that's not uncommon for wide receivers, but Pickens kind of lets it be known when, because when he turns it on, it's so different. The way he moves, it is wide receiver one. It is a guy who you can force feed on a number of routes, but they're just not right now. They're using him in such an uncreative, unspectacular manner. So he only has 28 catches because he's pretty much running 10 plus yards downfield every single time he's on the football field. And so he truly couldn't 
give max effort on all these routes because of what they're asking to do. But still, 28 catches, 522 yards, three touchdowns. And there's just so much more he could be doing because, again, his ability to get off the line, his play strength, his hands, all elite, all elite right now. It's really just a matter of time, matter of time being <laughs> offensive coordinator shifting. Uh, maybe not necessarily, I'm not going to call for him to get fired, but I'm saying offensive coordinator shifting philosophies on how to use George Pickens here. That's what it will take. But man, he's got, he's got the goods. The, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they know how scout wide receivers Pickens. He's, he looks awesome this year. Truly does. Even better than the stats suggest him and Nico Collins. I think they're wide receiver ones right now. I truly do. All right, there are your 10 breakout players so far through eight weeks of the 2023 NFL season. Tomorrow, we will have Austin Gale of the Ringer on to break down coaches on the hot seat. We're going to rank the coaches whose seats are the hottest in honor of Josh McDaniels getting fired for Austin's beloved Las Vegas Raiders. We're obviously going to talk about that as well on tomorrow's show. But appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow.